Lord. Amen. Romans chapter number 12. Let me say as you turn in there in your Bibles, appreciate the Lord. Amen. Appreciate each one of you being in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, I know that he wants to talk to us in this place. He's been dealing with me this afternoon. And, and uh, I know that when we read our text, it's going to be a familiar place. But I'll just tell you right at the outset what the Lord dealt with me about. Praying about this service tonight and uh, what the Lord would have us to preach on. And he dealt with me. I, I just, you know, you pray as I do. As a, and you're going to preach or whatever. And, and uh, I just pray, God, what do you want to say to the people? And uh, I just, this word rolled over my spirit early this morning. I got up, prayed about it, prayed, been praying on it all day long. He said, I just want to find somebody that will give themselves to me. Amen. That's what I woke up with on my heart this morning. My God, I prayed on that thing, prayed on that thing. He said, I'm just looking for somebody that'll give themselves to me. Amen. As I begin to pray about that, the Lord led me to some scriptures I want to share with you today. Amen. One of them is going to be very familiar. Amen. I have no doubt that you'll know this one here in Romans chapter 12. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Romans chapter 12, you've heard it a hundred times maybe, maybe more than that, I don't know. But I just want to preach to you with the help of God here today, the sacrifice broken and poured out, amen. Hallelujah to God, hallelujah. Read with me, Romans 12 and 1, the Bible said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present, that you give holy. Don't hold nothing back when it comes to giving it to him. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. I just want to preach to you the sacrifice broken and poured out. Lift your hands toward heaven and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we love you in this place today, Lord. We're asking you right now, Lord, that you help us. God, tonight, Lord, we have no ability in and of ourselves, God, to do anything in this house. I confess to you tonight that I have no ability, God, to preach or anything that you'd have done in this place. But I'm asking you, Lord, right now that the good hand of God would rest upon us, Lord, that you'd help us in this place, that your hand would just rest upon each hearer tonight, that you'd give us ears to hear. I pray, God, that our minds would be turned towards you, that you just do a work in this house, that you revive and refresh. We thank you for what you've already done in this place. But Lord, we're asking you right now one more time that you continue to do that work in this house, in this, this house tonight, Lord, that your hand would move. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask and pray. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated tonight in the house of the Lord. I know, hallelujah, that you've, you've heard messages like this one preached. And I, I, I have no doubt that if you've been in church any length of time that you've come across, maybe your pastor, maybe uh, an evangelist or a Sunday school teacher, no doubt probably all three uh, at some point in time of your, your life have poured into your life through this scripture. And I, I just want to tag along with them if I could for a little while. Amen. But I want to let you know here tonight when I come across this and the Lord begin to deal with me, Hallelujah about this thought. I'm just looking for somebody that'll give themselves to me. I, the Lord cautioned me, amen, and he, he warned me, and I believe to give to you tonight to not have a Mary, don't fall into the Mary and Martha trap, if you will. Can I put it like that tonight? Hallelujah to God. If we're not careful, amen, we use a, 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 like Martha, we begin to work for God, and we take that Sunday school class, and we get some pots and pans in the kitchen and, and then we go here and we uh, take on that responsibility there and we vacuum the floor and we do our share and we toe the line. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to a Monday night crowd tonight and, and we're good church folk and we pay our tithe and we do all those things that we know the Word of God requires of us. Amen. And we've just like Martha, we've got our pots and pans. Amen. And we're in the kitchen. Come on here. Hallelujah, and if we're not careful, we fall into the trap of trying to earn merit with God. 
Amen. It makes me a better Christian. It makes me, amen, closer to God. It makes me better than this one or that one. I understand our mentality. And we want to do a work for God. And we want to do those things. And friend, I want you to know, there's nothing wrong with that, friend. But I want you to know today, don't feel like, amen, that you're going to earn merit with God. You're going to get more sanctified than your neighbor. And that's going to get you brownie points with God, friend. I still want you to understand that you're saved by grace. Amen. I know that we shouldn't say those kind of things maybe in Pentecost. Amen. But I want you to understand tonight, church, amen, that I'm not talking about a works-based type salvation. Amen. So you say, preacher, why do we do all this then? Why do we do the things that we do, the tithes, and, and I, I abstain from this, and, and I do that, but I don't do this, and I don't watch that. I hope you have those kind of personal convictions. I hope you have those kind of things in your life. If you don't, you ought to get some. Amen, but I want you to know that's not earning merit with God. Come on, it's got quiet on me. I was hoping I'd get to preaching a little bit. You'd get a little stirred up. But you ain't stirred yet. You're still there. <laughs> Amen. It's not for my merit. It's for his manifestation. I'm not doing these things because it draws me nearer to be a better Christian. Oh yes, I, sanctification and consecration on my part makes me more sensitive to God, makes me a vessel clean. And if that vessel's clean, more can flow through it. Oh yes, that's true. I do those things because it draws me nearer to God to hear His voice, to love Him more. And the closer I get to Him, the more I know Him. And the more I know Him, the more I love Him. And the more I love Him, the more I won't love Him. Come on, somebody. All of those things are wonderful, friend, but that's not the merit that I have with God. The merit that I have with God was, amen, purchased for me, amen, on a hill called Calvary, like they sang a few minutes ago, amen. And I'm not trying to get you in a workspace mentality. I don't want us to fall into the Jehovah Witness trap, the Martha trap. I've got my Pentecostal pots, amen. I've got my, amen, my ministry that I'm, I'm involved in in the church or out of the church or whatever, and I do this, amen, but my attitude gets bitter. Amen, I start getting y'all, whoo, my attitude gets bitter toward the people of God. My heart gets bitter toward my brother and sister or this one or that one. Maybe they're not on the same level as I am or amen or whatever the case is. And all of a sudden, I've got that kind of ski slope nose religion. You know, you kind of, you have been around them folks, got that ski slope nose religion. They don't look down their nose at everybody else. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah to God. I'm telling you right now, I'm not telling you, friend, that we shouldn't have consecrated views and consecrated things. It's right the opposite. We should. But don't fall into the Martha trap. Amen. I want you to understand my consecration, my living sacrifice. Amen. To manifest the presence of God in my life is what's going to make my life so shine before men. Amen. We don't talk about Martha. Amen. So much as we talk about Mary as well. Amen. Because Jesus... Jesus said she chose the better part. Amen. And it wouldn't be taken away from her. Amen. Jesus said, Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's for the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Amen. That what works. Amen. Even better. Oh, man, I feel I'm finna hit a nerve right here. There's a, there's a Pentecostal root canal coming right here. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm just letting you know right here. Amen. What works even better than my good preaching. What works even better than my good teaching. What works even better than... A, the oratory skills of the Sunday school class or the right key or the perfect pitch or the perfect uh, Kentucky shuffle shout. Come on, somebody. Amen. Or the camp meeting huckabuck or whatever you want to call it. What works more effectively than that is when you walk into that restaurant and they know you come from church and you've got a right attitude, a Christ-like spirit. Amen. There's a love. There's a something for mercy. Amen. And that woman that's got tattoos from her nothing all the way up, amen, on her neck. That man that has had a broken family or broken home, they don't come in your presence. And that see, Martha's not going to, amen, reach the world, but Mary will because she's at the feet of Jesus. Right. See, when they take note that we've been with Jesus, 
Acts chapter 4. They took, what was it that made them take note that they'd been with Jesus? They were giving themselves to God. I wish somebody would help me here tonight. Amen. They were giving themselves to God. Listen to me tonight. What does it look like? Amen. Some scriptures the Lord put upon my heart was Acts chapter 6 verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now I know, amen, in this context that's talking tonight about the apostles. I know you're not an apostle. Guess what? Me either. I know I'm not trying to make you apostle Peter or Paul or nobody else. I'm not trying to put you in some kind of a ministry mold or to make you like this one or that one. We get focused upon the context of who it is. Amen. But we miss the idea. Amen. Of what he said. Listen. This is a miracle right here. Amen. He said we will give ourselves continually. My God the preacher. Amen. This preparation might have to continually and will have to continually give himself to prayer and fasting. Can I tell you every Christian is going to be that way. Giving themselves continually. And it's not just prayer and fasting as a duty. It's not just the things that we do that the religious activity. We look at prayer and fasting as the activity. Amen. But giving myself continually to a relationship with God. Amen. Giving myself continually. Amen. Do you realize, amen, the struggle and the, and the victory that it is to be able to say, I give myself continually. I give myself continually to God. Listen to me here tonight. Amen to God. Hallelujah. You cannot. Amen. You cannot. Amen. And will not commit to anything that you don't love. That's right. Oh, yeah. And where there is commitment, there must be a love for it. So to say I've given myself continually. Amen. Says that there's a love that just keeps on burning in my soul for Christ. For this, for the kingdom. Come on here, amen. I'm telling you, church, right now, hallelujah, God has given yourself continually. What, like, here's the question now what are we giving ourselves to? It's quiet, I must have picked the wrong message. Woo, I miss God. Hallelujah. Amen. First Timothy 4. The Bible said this there's one phrase in this. Little context to that I want to pick up on. Till I come, give attendance to reading and exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is within me. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. Oh, the great law, listen to me, friend, the greatest enemy of the Christian today is not to gain lesbian agenda. It's not Bill Clinton and Hillary. Amen. It's not Nancy Pelosi. Amen. She don't even know where she's at today, I can tell you. It's not, uh, amen, the Democrats. It's not, uh, amen, none of these things. Uh, it's not our political system. Hallelujah, God. It's not our school systems that are anti-Christ and anti-God. Y'all don't get mad at me. I feel you tightening up. Amen. But what it is, it's the neglect that wants to creep into my soul. It's the neglect that wants to climb in. And he said, neglect not the gift that is within me. He said, my... That which was given to thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands and the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Here it is. Give thyself wholly to them. Yeah. That's the struggle, friend. Oh, no, it's not the struggle. It's not to believe on Christ. Amen. Initially, the struggle is to continue. Oh, yeah, not that he's not good enough to love church. No, but, friend, it's, it's to be that living sacrifice a, a place where he is manifesting himself. Amen. That doesn't make me better than anybody, but it makes him manifest in the world. My God, how's the world going to see us? Amen. See what Christ has done in us. Amen. To glorify our Father in heaven if there's nothing to see. My God, church, are you hearing me today? If it's just a religious show, if it's just going through the motions, if it's just one thing or another, amen, but they don't know who I am. And what he's done for me, my God. My God, I'm telling you, we need to be a living sacrifice. What does he want out of us? He's looking for somebody that'll give themselves wholly to him. Holy, not as in H O L Y, but holy, A is W H O. 
Amen. All of you. Oh, yes, sir, church. It's all of you tonight. Amen. Ineffectiveness. Amen. I wrote this down. Praise God, the Lord. The devil of my heart. He said, ineffectiveness slowly advances into our lives. And its pace, amen, marches in step with my desire to reserve more of me for me. Ineffectiveness marches into our lives. Lockstep with my desire to reserve more of me for just me. Oh, God, church. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something I've never had. I've never had lukewarmness creeping on me in my prayer life, creeping on me in consecration more. Amen. Not when somebody was questioning a dedication or a consecration to him. Amen. Not when I was going through something. Amen. Hallelujah. And I was being tempted like I talked about the other morning. Amen. With the young man at the college dorm. No. That Holy Ghost rose up in me. It's when I've got to face me. It's when I've got to deal with this right here. Come on somebody. It's when I've got to deal with this right here. I've got to make the choice to continue. I've got to make the choice to keep on going with him. Amen. Not to lay it down. I'm not talking about going back out into sin. I'm just talking about cooling off. Yeah. Right. I'm not talking about going back out into sin. I'm not talking about trading the things. Amen. Going back to what I used to listen to, what I used to watch, what I used to have pleasure and enjoyment in. I'm not talking about going back to my addictions. I'm just talking about letting my soul cool off. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, friend, it happens. It happens at the same pace I start reserving areas in my life for me. Amen. All of a sudden things start cooling off and it's just not as important as it used to be anymore. Amen. Now the Lord gave me a thought about, uh, about this and I, my mind began to go to Elisha and Elijah. When Elijah called the young man, amen, and, and, and in 1 Kings 19 and 19 it says, So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plying with twelve yoke of oxen. Amen. And the twelfth before him, and he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him, cast his mantle upon him. Amen. That mantle represented the power of God. That power of God touched him. Something, amen, of heaven. Amen. Touched this young man's soul. He left the oxen. He ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my mother and father goodbye, and I will follow thee. And he said, Go back. What have I done unto thee? Amen. And he returned back from him and took the yoke of, took the yoke of oxen, slew them, boiled their flesh with the instruments thereof, and the oxen and, of the oxen, and gave unto the people. And they did eat, and he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Hallelujah to God. What happened here? Amen. It's just the drought has just been broken. Amen. There's a time of great famine and broke, uh, was broken up by the man of God. Hallelujah. He went to Carmel, cried out to God. God sent rain. Now this young man's out and able to be holding. He's plowing with his yoke of oxen. Amen. God's moving. God's working. Amen. The false prophets have been killed. Baal. Oh yeah, there's mad. Amen. She's mad. I can tell you. I'm telling you. Oh my. Amen. She's Jezebel. She's mad. Hallelujah. Amen. Going down through the time. All of this. Amen. He said, listen, Elijah, what I want you to do is I want you to anoint three people. Haziel. Amen. And then I want you to go to another king. And then he said, find Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and anoint him. First one he went to was that mouthpiece. He didn't do it in the same order. He went to the mouthpiece first. And he went and found Elisha. Amen to God. I want you to know the call God's put on your life and the call God's put on my life. Amen. It's God's priority. I'm telling you right now. Amen. He doesn't want to leave this world without a voice. He doesn't want to leave this world no matter how hard it gets, church. He don't want to leave this world without a voice for God. Amen. Goes that mouthpiece and he anoints him. Man, he's busting up that ground. The drought's over. He's planting. He's he's he done cut the you know the ears off the potatoes and praise God he's putting them in the ground he's getting ready for a crop yeah hallelujah he's planted the silver queen y'all like sweet corn yeah. it's good you ought to if you don't it's good he's got a silver queen lined up he's got his cream peas the little ones ooh with bacon mmm. I like the big brown crackers too. They're all right. I'm not biased to any of them. You put bacon with it, it's all good, isn't it? <laughs> he 
He's got them ready. Don't don't put no no uh, uh, black eyed peas in there. Just use purple holes. Praise God. Amen. He's got them all lined up. Got his garden. He's ready. A few squash, little crook neck squash, you know. Don't need a whole lot of squash because you can grow a whole bunch of them. Watermelons, he's got them. He's plowing. He's ready. It's coming, folks. He knows when he puts these seeds in the ground that he's going to have a physical harvest and a, and a natural harvest. He's going to have something, amen, to feed people with. He's going to help somebody. His parents, somebody needed that young man. There was a father. There was a mother. There was a family attached to Elisha. Amen. They said, praise God, he's out there. He's got that plow. He's got those instruments. He's working. Amen. Physically. Nothing wrong with that, folks. Amen. But God passed by one day. God got in that place of him one day. Amen. And all of a sudden, amen, the touch of God, amen, took him to another place. Amen. He traded his seed in the ground for a seed in another world. Come on, somebody. He retreated, amen, that yoke of oxen for a living sacrifice of himself, my God. And he gave himself to the things of God. That's good. Church, I know that we're not prophets and we're not... We're not necessarily preachers in the fivefold ministry. All of us, some of us are. I understand we're all in different places spiritually, but what would happen if God could find somebody that would give themselves to Him? What would happen if God could find the people that just say, Jesus, it's whatever you want to do. I'm yours. Burn the plows and make no way to get back. Those plows, friend, he burned all that stuff. There wasn't no way to get back. He made it to where he couldn't turn around. My God, church, I'm telling you, what we ought to do is make it, amen, to a place and a way God could touch us at an altar and touch us with a calling and touch us with an anointing so that we'd move with faith and we wouldn't give ourselves a way out. He burned all that didn't go back. Hallelujah, I said he burned it all didn't go back. He became a living sacrifice. He became a living sacrifice for what God would do. Amen. It didn't make him better, but it made him available. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people that aren't getting used by God today, not because they don't have talents and giftings. No, no. Amen. It's because they're not available. When he needs needs somebody to pray, he can't find them. Oh, come on. He knows where they're at. I don't mean he can't find them that way. He knows where they're at. But he can't talk to them where they're at. Come on, somebody. Y'all are quiet. Dear God, I'm telling you. Y'all are making me nervous. I'm telling you. Hallelujah to God. I'm just telling you right now. Listen to me, folks. Hallelujah. It's, a, it's this thing God is looking in every generation. It don't matter if it's New Testament, Old Testament. It don't matter. He's looking for somebody that will give themselves yes. to Him. My God. He's looking for somebody that will give themselves to Him. What about a sacrifice of God? Not a sacrifice that earns me merit, but a sacrifice that makes Him known. My God. That's good. Good preaching. Good preaching. You go in the Old Testament, you'll find... Such a sacrifice was typified in the book of Leviticus. You'll find that such a sacrifice was brought to the attention of Moses by way of the inspiration of God. When he was on that mount, God spoke to him and gave him an entire system to work out their salvation as it was in that Old Testament. Gave him an entire system of of animals, clean and unclean, things to stay away from, things... Amen. They could use in their worship. All these different things. You know, you know all of that, church. You've heard that before. And one of those particular uh, sacrifices of, of the many, amen, that they either were required or not required, they did it. It was either obligatory or it was a non-obligation. They could do it if they wanted to. One of those sacrifices was a burnt offering. A burnt offering was a sacrifice that they did not, they were not required to do. They they weren't made to do. Not like the sin offering. Not like an atonement offering. Amen. They did this. He said, Moses, there's going to be people that want to worship me when nobody else does. Moses, there's going to be people that want to do more than just the bare minimum. More than just getting by on the day of atonement. 
There's going to be people, Moses, that love me for what I've done for them and the mercy I've had on their family and they're going to want to worship. Amen. They're going to want to praise me. They're going to want to give to me even without everybody else is doing this. I won't give you a sacrifice they can give. They can give me a burnt offering. It's not something they have to do. It's not something they're obliged or obligated to do. They do it because they love me. It's a sacrifice made by fire. Hallelujah to God. Amen. One such sacrifice is talked about in Leviticus chapter number 1. Amen to God. And he, he uses several different animals. But when it gets to verse 14, he said that the sacrifice, verse number 14 of chapter 1, of Leviticus reads, it says, And if the burnt sacrifice for his offering to the Lord be of fowls. Oh yeah, the most uh, inexpensive, the most common type. Amen, the poorest of the poor. Amen, God said if the rich man wants to offer a bullock, I'll give you a burnt sacrifice. If the man in the middle wants to offer a, a lamb or a goat, uh, hallelujah, for a burnt sacrifice, I can do that. But all the way down to those that don't have anything, they can buy a pigeon or a turtle dove. Amen, they can do that. And they can worship me, Moses. It's a sacrifice made by fire. And he chose the turtle dove and the young pigeon. He said, why? Because that sacrifice is gentle. Come on. That's good. You know, I don't know if y'all have chickens. You probably do, some of you. And I can promise you, I don't know if it's like this out here, but it is at home. Man, if you got a bad rooster, he ain't going to live very long. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> if, he, if he ever comes and flogs me one time, I'm going to bust him up. I'm, do you hear me? I'm going to hit him with a pipe. I'm going to shoot him with a shotgun. Y'all don't get mad. Is this on Facebook? Glory to God. Facebook <laughs> just has to be mad. Hallelujah. I'm going to I'll drop kick him. I, I'll jump on him. For he jump on me, I'm going to jump on him. I'll bite him. He picked them, I'm going to bite him. Praise God. I'm going to cut his spurs off. Man, I better quit. I'm going to get mad. Hey, man, I don't like a bad rooster. Now, it's pretty funny if he's jumping on somebody else, but if he jumps on me. There's a reason why this burnt sacrifice is not a chicken. It's not a rooster. Because you liable to go out there, and for no reason at all, he's going to jump on you. I'm talking about just walk by and you see him, he's bowed up, and you're like, you know you can't turn your back on him. He's like a bad dog. You just got to kind of, you got to feel for that pipe. Look for that piece of fence post. I'm going to bust him. I'm going to look for that T-ball bat they left out in the yard. I'm going to creep back to the back porch and get that 410 up in the crack of the door. You better run, rooster. Yeah. But see, that turtle dove, he's not like that. He's ready to do with whatever needs to happen. You just hold him. He's gentle. My God. I, I'm telling you, I want God to do a work in me. I don't know about you, but I want him to do a work in me that tames me down. That just gentles me up. Hallelujah. I want him to knock the rough edges off of me. Amen to God. I want him to make me willing. Amen. This bird is almost willing to have done to it whatever it is. That's going to be done. I don't know what God has in store for my life. I don't know what God has in store for your life. I didn't come with a personal prophecy. I can't tell you specifically what God wants to do with your life. But I can tell you one thing. You can get yourself ready for it. And I can tell you how you do it. God, whatever it is that you're doing, do it in me, my God. Whatever it is that you want to do, I don't want to buck against it. I don't want you to have to break me like a wild horse. I want you to be able to hold me and keep me in your hand. And when you're ready to do whatever you want to do, make me a vessel of honor for you. Woo, hallelujah. The Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee released a man who thought that Amen. One of their Sunday school books in the early 70s. I come across it reading through some stuff years ago. Amen. And I can't remember the date or the time, but it was, amen, from that organization. And they, they use this thought. Now, I use this to illustrate this thought here. Amen. Because sometimes being living sacrifice, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be what I want, and it won't be what you want. Amen. But it will be something that glorifies Him. I mean, I'm telling you, does God get glory out of what I'm doing? Does he get glory out of all this? He can, folks, if we'll give ourselves to him. If we won't go through the motions. 
if we won't just make it a routine, if we won't just make it some form of religion, amen, or just some form, but we'll make it, amen, something, praise God, that is alive in our soul. Amen, in this particular thought, hallelujah, there was a young man that was in, that I read about in that Sunday school literature. He was in Peru, and they were farming their farms on the side of some of these mountains. You can imagine plowing. I'm going to tell you something. I, I don't want to really walk behind any plow, much less one that's on the side of a hill. My in-laws live in a hilly place. I'm telling you, it is, oh, I'm telling you, you have that car, that car door on the uphill side of that car, shut on your legs more than once. Jesus help us. I'm looking for that rooster at that point in time. I'll jump on him if he don't move. I'm mad at that point. I'm telling you. Woo, that hillside, but you got to plow on that. Y'all ever, I don't know if y'all ever seen them. Eight man farm, a hillside, the terraces and all the different things. God started moving in this particular country in this time period. Amen. And the story's told, amen, of how God began to birth missions in the heart of a young man in those mountains. A young man that was local, no, not an American, not, not, not a Western young man of the West or a man of, from a family of means in the, in the States. No, no, a, a young Peru boy, a, a Peruvian, amen. God began to birth missions and souls. He began to birth fire and began to birth things in this young man's heart. Amen, that didn't make sense. God called, amen, a rich person to do that. God called an American to do that. Some of that's got means. Some of that's from the right family. But no, God began to lay it upon this young man. Amen. And God began to deal with him. And he went to his father and he said, Dad, he said, the Papa God's been dealing with me. He's been dealing with me about missions and giving and us, our family, getting involved in what God's doing in our nation and God getting involved in the kingdom of God and getting invested. You see, the problem is, folk, if it falls apart, it's no skin off, off our back because we're not invested in it. If it falls apart, We'll just go down the road. My God, I'm preaching. Amen. We'll just go down the road and find another church at the Baskin Robbins. Amen. Of the, oh, my God. Amen. Of the church culture. We don't get invested in nothing. But this young man said, Father, he said, I think God wants us to get invested in his kingdom. He said, Son, what do you want us to do? He said, The Lord's been dealing with me about selling the ox and giving it to missions. Selling the ox. Son, that's the only way we can plow the field. He went back and forth with me, praying, Holy Ghost is on that young man. For days and days, God dealt with him. And his dad said, Son, I just don't know. He said, Dad, fast and pray. They fasted and prayed, and God began to birth it in the family. Amen. To give that ox. He said, Son, I want to do it. He said, But I, he said, He said, Son, I want to do it. If it glorifies God, if it. If somebody can get a blessing out of this, if we can build a church somewhere, amen, if God can take this little bit of money that we'll get from this ox and then glorify his son, who are we to stand in his way? He said, son, what are we going to do about, the, about uh, the, the field? How are we going to plow the field? And the young man said this, and this is the living sacrifice. He said, dad, I'll pull the plow. I'll pull the plow. Oh, God, church, I'm telling you. Amen, we've got it so plush and so easy. And I know, listen, it's not always plush and ease. I'm not saying that. Amen. We compare ourselves with another country. I understand it does look that way. And I know we go through hard times, folks. We do go through hard times. I understand that. I'm not negating any of that. I'm not negating any of that. But folks, amen, I know God sent me here with this message tonight to tell the people. He said, let the people know I'm looking for somebody that'll pull the plow. I'm looking for somebody that'll give more. I'm looking for somebody that'll give it all. Give their time to prayer. Give their consecration. It might make them stick out in their society. It might make them look a little different. It might make them look different in their peers or their workplace. I don't know. Amen. But he's looking for somebody to give themselves to him more fully. If I don't have anything to connect me to that place, how are men going to glorify my father if I have no good works? I'm not saved by him, but he's manifested by him. And if I don't have him, men won't know him. Come on, church. I'm hurrying. I know y'all got to work tomorrow. I know y'all got to work tomorrow. Hallelujah to God. Listen. 
Amen. In this particular text, the turtle doves were gentle. Amen. They were willing. It typifies something God wants to do in us. But there's a few other things God wants to do in his church. He said, the priest shall bring it, verse 15, it unto the altar. That's the sacrifice. God does everything at an altar church. You've heard this a hundred times. God does everything at an altar. He don't work outside of the altar church. I'm going to tell you something. We're looking for something that is, listen, listen, he's not doing anything that's really of any value if it's not on that altar. My God, the priest, bring it to that altar. That, listen, that offer has to get that sacrifice in the hands of the priest. I've got to get close enough to Jesus, amen, to give him access to what I'm trying to give him. I can't stand afar off from him. I can't be disconnected. I can't be half in and half out. I can't be lukewarm. I can't be undecided. I've got to get close. I've got to press in. Amen. I've got to be the one that presses through the crowd. I can't just bump into him. I've got to on purpose put myself and my pathway in connection with his. Good preaching. Got his hands on that sacrifice. And the first thing the high priest does, that's Christ. He's our high priest. He takes it to the altar. He takes it to the altar. He takes it to the place. Where it's going to die, he takes it to the place where he's going to rot death, but he takes it to the place where God's going to be pleased. Oh, the reason we avoid the altar, and the reason we avoid this kind of preaching, the reason we avoid this kind of lifestyle is because it's labeled by our peers as legalism. It's labeled by those that don't want to sell out. Amen. As being extreme, we're called all kind of things. Well, call it whatever you want, honey. But I'm letting you know, I want to give more of myself to Him. He deserves more of me. He deserves His great sacrifice. Did you know that our text in Romans that I read to you, it said it's your reasonable service. Did you know in Romans 12 and 1 that that word reasonable there means it literally means it is it is logically, it is a logic rational decision. Right. Yeah. Amen. A logical Right When you look at Calvary and you look at His great sacrifice, when you look at the power of God and the Holy Ghost and everything that He's poured out, and you look at all that He's done, all that He's trying to do, all that He wants to give us access to, and for me to say, it's just logical that I give myself to Him. Yeah. That's, a, that's a logical conclusion. That's rational. Yeah. It's the least I can do for all that He's done for me. Oh, my God. The Bible said he brings it to the altar and then it rings off his head. I don't want to get graphic, folks, but I'm going to tell you something. That sacrifice loses his identity at that altar. That's what that means when he rings off his head. The hardest thing about Christianity that we come to, when I say hard, is the decision of it. Is when I have to be faced with the prospect of less of me equals more of him. Oh, God, church. But if we can ever get that in our spirit, I believe God could move. Listen to me here tonight. God, help me to lose my identity at the altar. Amen. Not the end of it. Not that I become a Christian robot and I start doing what everybody else is doing. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen. I start to uh, pattern myself after somebody else. I'm talking about losing my identity, not in the crowd, not in religion, but at the altar. Amen. At the altar. Hallelujah. That priest has got his hand on me at the altar. Amen. That's where I lose. Amen. That that place. Amen. Where that that the place. Listen. The head is where the speaking and the sight and all the decisions are made. When that's removed, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I, but Christ that liveth in me. I want my head to be Him. I want the decisions to be from the Holy Ghost. I want everything in my life not to be what I want, but to be from another mind, from the mind of Christ. My God, church, that takes a death. That takes a death. That takes a death, church. It rings off his head. Listen, praise God. The next thing that happens to sacrifice is he, amen. And the blood thereof is wrung out at the side of the altar. Literally wrung out. The word wrung out literally means to be needed. Like you'd need a, a dough for bread. He squeezed. The, he will literally squeeze him to the place. Squeeze him so that everything is empty. 
Sometimes the Lord wants to put some pressure on us. Come on. Well, I know this is uncomfortable. I, I know you ain't going to shout up, run up down the aisles on this kind of preaching. I know. I'm just telling you, listen, church. Amen. If I could ever come to a place, amen, where I understand, hallelujah to God, I understand, hallelujah, that he's wanting to empty me. Part of this process before the fire burns, before Pentecost falls, amen, before all the things that we associate with revival, the shout, the miracle, the miraculous, the fire, the moving, the Holy Ghost, God, oh, all of that, amen, before all of that, he wants to empty me of me. He wants to empty me of me. Ring it out. My God, church, ring it out and leave it at the place beside the altar. The Bible said, Amen, that, the, amen, that the, the crop is plucked away with the feathers thereof. What does this mean? It means that before he, the fire burns upon this sacrifice, there's some things that are removed. Some things the fire of God is not going to burn on. Some things, there's some tail feathers that might have to be removed. Some, maybe some, some things of envy. Maybe some hurtful words said. Maybe this or that or whatever. Unforgiveness. Breach. Breach. Come on. Maybe some misunderstanding here. Something happened. Or maybe there was truly some alt, something that was really done wrong. But those tail feathers start growing. That, listen, that fire's not going to burn on that, folks. Say it. Preach on. That tail feather lust, he ain't going to burn on that. You've got to get that thing plucked out. That's right. It's got to be removed before that fire will come. Oh, yeah, that, what that eye is looking at, what that heart's upon, that tail feather's got to be removed. That cross. Listen, part of this removal are the things on the external. Man, when I first got saved, I know this, this may not be kosher. I hope this is all right. When I first got saved, I had, I, had, I had two major problems. Amen. Amen. One of them, and I'm, a, I'm embarrassed to say this, and I want you to say, I, listen, I'm not relishing in any of this. Please don't misunderstand me. I, I, I'm not relishing in this. I'm ashamed of it, but I'm telling you right now, I had a chewing tobacco problem. I was a kid. Amen. And I like, I like that chewing tobacco. It took me a little bit to get that tail feather plucked out. But, oh, man, one day, I was under such conviction and the Lord was dealing with me. I said, man, I got to get rid of this. Somehow I got to get saved. I got to get delivered. Come on, somebody. You start talking about deliverance in Pentecost church. You're talking about you get as quiet as Baptist folk. Amen. When you start preaching about, you preach about the Holy Ghost in a Baptist church and it'll be just as quiet as when you preach about deliverance in a Pentecostal church. Somebody else's deliverance, not mine. Oh, mine. Yours. Come on, somebody. And I had a foul mouth. I'm going to tell you, I had a foul mouth. Oh, God. When he started, see, those tail feathers were on the outside. You could see them. Oh, they had to go. That big old, that big old tail feather hanging out, it had to go. I had some things that God had to remove from me. They were on the outside. They were ugly. They were ugly, friend. Bad attitude. That old bad attitude tail feather, you don't realize that thing's hanging out there. It's ugly. Oh, dear God, it's ugly. Yeah. But then there's some things on the inside that he takes it. That crop is on the inside. That's that gizzard. It's on the inside. So there are some things on the inside. He don't want to just see for far too long in Pentecost. We want to take everybody else's tail feathers and pluck them. Amen. I want to pluck yours. You want to pluck mine. And if your tail feathers look better than mine, after that, oh dear God, come on somebody. Uh, we can get on tail. We can get on feathers. Come on somebody. And get on the external thing. But what about the things on the inside? Yeah. What about the things on the inside? Down in the inside of that bird, there's some things that are removed. That fire is not going to touch them. They're going to be cast out. My God, church, there's some things on the inside of some folks in this house. That the Holy Ghost said, if you'll get up that altar, I'll pull that thing out of you. Ooh, come on. He'll pull that thing out of you. Come on. Amen. I can't do it for you. The preacher can't do it for you. Amen. Nobody else can do it for you but Jesus, the high priest. He knows where it is. He knows how to get down on the inside of it. And he knows how to get rid of it. Come on, somebody. The Bible said one of the final things that he does with this, I'm through. The musicians can start getting ready. Amen. One of the final things that he does, the Bible said, 
Amen. Verse 16 and 17. Verse 17, he said, He shall cleave it with the wings there, but shall not divide it asunder. In other words, the burden is broken. Open. He's broken. Right. When he gets that inside out, all of a sudden he breaks the bird. There's some breaking that God wants to do in us. I'm telling you folks, there's some breaking, there's some things in me that need to be broken. There's nothing that is more attractive to God than brokenness. The man in the tomb of Gadara, he was so attracted to Christ that God, he allowed, he, he pushed his disciples through the storm to get to where that man was, brokenness. That broken life, friend. That woman at the well, we, look, we, we associate brokenness with sin and it, it should be because sin does break things. And the sacrifice is broken because of the state of a lot of things. But friends, sometimes the Bible said in Isaiah, he said, a broken and a contrite heart. He will not turn away. He, he said, he that dwells in the heavenlies, amen, and he dwells in the heavenlies in the midst, he said, but he also dwells with him. Man, God's got a summer home. Did you know that? Man, he's got a place so high and lifted up in the heavenlies. Amen, you can't even describe it. But he said, I dwell also with him that is of a broken and a contrite heart. My God, folks, he's got a summer home. I'm telling you, he's got a home. He's got a place with man that he lives with. He don't live with the proud and arrogant. He don't live with the haughty. Amen, how many clicks, how big your ministry is, how big your business is, how big your bank account is, what your kids where, amen, the name brand this and the whatever that. He ain't impressed with all that. It's when I lay before him and he gets his hands on me and I'm broken. I'm just broken and I can't do anything but now I'm rendered to a place that all I'm good for. Amen, it's to be a, amen, I live in sacrifice for him, a place for that fire to burn. Would you stand to your feet here tonight? Listen to me. Sacrifice broken and poured out. It's what he's looking for. I know that's a hard pill to swallow, folks, and that means different things for a lot of dear, each one of us as a Gethsemane. I know it means different things for me to give my life. It's not going to look just like cookie cutter, like other people. I understand that. There's got to be a people on this earth. In our generation, a young people, an elder, mom, a dad, say, I just need to give more of me to him. Did you know that in the second chapter that all these burnt sacrifices were required to be filled with salt after they were broken? They were to be salted. God never removes from you, but that see, salt's a preserver. It's a purifier. You've heard that preached before. When God takes out of me, He always puts something internal in me. Something that preserves, something that brings purity. Church, I'm telling you, there's an inward work God wants to do in us, folks. It's a beautiful work, but He's got to find somebody that's willing to say, Lord, I'll, I, won't, I won't run from that call anymore. I'll, I'll be tame that. I won't run. I'm going to submit myself in that place. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come under the leadership there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk where I need to be in my marriage. I'm going to walk where I need to be in this ministry. I'm going to do what I need to do to be a part of the kingdom of God here. I'm not going to fuss or gripe because I don't get my way. Come on, folks. How many times have we stepped out of the will of God because we didn't get our way or how we thought it would be? God just saying, listen, if you'll just be broken, if you'll let me get my hands on, if you'll let me take care of some of that external stuff and let me down on the inside, let me remove some of that inward stuff, come on. Let me ring you out, all these things. Lose your identity. A living sacrifice. That's what happened to Elisha. That's what happened to Mary. Amen. That's what Martha struggled with. Dear God, that's what the apostles were saying in the sixth chapter of Acts. And they said, we got to give ourselves continually. Yeah. we got to give ourselves. Church, what are we giving ourselves to? I'm not talking about bad things. Some of it might be. I'm not talking about things that are necessarily sinful or worldly. Some of it probably is. But beyond that church, to give myself, to give myself to you. Amen. Can we lift our hands for a moment tonight, church? Amen. I know it's Monday night and I know you've got work. I know we had great services yesterday. 
the Lord sent me by here tonight to say, I'm looking for somebody that'll give themselves to me. My God, can you worship Him for a moment? Can you worship Him for a moment, church? He's enough for you to give Him yourself. That pearl of great price, you could sell everything else you got. Buy that field, friend. Get sold out for Him, friend. Let the questions be answered. Get sold out for Him. I'm telling you, He's worth it. To be a living sacrifice in this area. It's going to take commitment, folks. In this last day, it's going to take a commitment that comes from a sacrifice. Our generation doesn't know what it is to sacrifice anymore. My God, church. I was at a youth conference about 40 years ago and the Lord dealt with me. I may have said this here before. He dealt with me about it. He said, your generation has lost its ability to sacrifice. My God. My God, church. He's saying, is it over, preacher? No, it's not over. If somebody say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Here am I, Lord. I want to, I want to take up your identity, not mine. I want what I am to be lost in your purpose. I understand, church, we've got families to take care of. We've got things to do. And everything points to Him. Come on. Hallelujah. I want to invite you tonight to an altar of prayer. I want to invite you tonight to lay before the Lord. Let Him have His way in this place. I want to invite you to a place where you can just let Him get down on the inside of you. I want to invite you to a place where He can rub some external things in you. Maybe invite you to a place tonight. Amen. Where God can burn upon your life. If you'll give yourself, I'm telling you, that fire will fall for him. I'm telling you, that fire will fall, church. He's not going to fall on an altar that we don't put ourselves on, but if we'll fill that altar, give ourselves to him, that fire will come. Come on.